Welcome to the Titan Sized Podcast. I'm Luke Worsham, joined by the other two hosts of the Titan Sized Podcast, Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas. We're going to take this episode to kind of, we're going to recap the Ravens game, but we're also going to talk a little bit about where the Titans kind of find themselves at the moment in the AFC South. We'll talk a little bit about the Jaguars, the Texans, and the Colts. So let's start with this. The Titans have won three games in a row. They've won seven out of their last eight home games as a team. They're 6-3, and three, have sole possession of first place in the AFC South thanks to a tiebreaker against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and yet people want to say that they're playing below expectations, and I think that's fair, but Titans fans need to be pretty happy. They've got a good football team. Yeah, um, it, it hasn't been particularly pretty, if you will. Uh, obviously, you always want your team to to come out and blow the other team out or at least just play very well. Um, I, I wouldn't say the Titans have played extremely well as of late, but, I mean, three win, three straight wins in the NFL are still three straight wins, uh, and it's not easy to win in this league no matter who you're going up against. So uh, we'll take the wins, and we're still in first place right now in the AFC South, and honestly, that's all that matters. Uh, and even if we weren't in first place in the AFC South, I think we'd still have a wild card spot. So, I mean, be be happy with that, the, regardless of, of how the team has played as of late. Yeah, I mean, I think it, the the point of the early part of the regular season is find what's working, find what's not, get into your rhythm, and, you know, learn what you are as a team while winning games you know the titans have gotten that down pretty much they know that play action should be a big part of their game they know Corey davis has to be healthy for the offense to really go the key now is not losing more than six games because if you look historically teams with 10 wins are the teams that really get into the playoffs they've got a really solid chance there's sometimes teams with nine wins win divisions and Sometimes they even win and go in the wild card. But if you win 10 games, it's a something like an 80-plus percent chance that you make it to the playoffs, whether it's a division winner or in the wild card. So the Titans have to find a way to get those next five wins however they can against whatever team, it doesn't matter, and then just get into the tournament. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy to be on top for once. You know, we're at the halfway point. We're not looking up at anybody and worrying about how they're going to lose games while we win games. So uh, I'm I'm happy sitting at the top for once halfway through the season. And, you know, it'd be yeah. different if they were sitting at three and six and we were saying these things like, oh, man, they're not performing up to expectation. The coaching staff's not doing their job. They've got a talented roster, but it's just not all coming together. We're saying those things and they're six and three. Like, and there's a reason, to your point, Will, that the term midseason form exists. Titans just aren't in it yet. And when we saw them last year, after not only were they inconsistent at the beginning of the year, they were losing games at a rapid pace at the beginning of the year. And towards the end of the season, you saw them beat Denver. You saw them blow out the Packers. You saw the late win in Kansas City. You saw them come back without Mariota and beat Houston in the last week of the season. Right, They need to get into that form. They just haven't gotten into it yet, and I don't think anybody's necessarily to blame for that. Now, I also think a lot of this, uh, a lot of the NFL in general, just these games have a lot of luck built into them and a lot of just randomness built into them. Um, the times could easily be maybe uh, they could have lost two more games, and they just as well could be 
six and two right now. Uh, if it wasn't for that Dolphins game, which to be honest, the Dolphins shouldn't have gotten um, that, that that defensive score. That shouldn't have even been called. So we could have won that game ten nine. Or even if Mariota never got injured, uh, we probably would have won that game, and we'd be six and two uh, with a game up on the AFC South, and probably feeling a lot better about ourselves than we than we do right now. So um, that that's the that's the way the NFL goes. You got to roll with the punches. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, a lot of it is luck, you know, but it's the good teams that come on the right side of luck more often than not. You know, there's Mm -hmm. not, you know, last year there were three games where you said, well, if, you know, Marcus doesn't fumble, then maybe Minnesota doesn't beat us. If we don't get that bad pass interference call uh, or that stupid unnecessary roughness call uh, against the Raiders, yeah, against the Raiders, maybe Mm -hmm. we win that. You know, there's a reason why the Titans are winning by, you know, a pretty large margin and a lot in the third quarter in a lot of their games, even though the final only ends up in a one score is because the Titans do enough early to get in front by two scores. And then for better or worse, I I don't, I don't love pulling off the gas like we do sometimes, but Mm -hmm. you know, for better or worse, they kind of let teams move the ball. And, you know, we saw it last week where they not really true prevent, but just calling off the dogs and letting them run out the clock. Uh, You know, I've, I've, don't remember how many onside kicks we've seen this year it feels like three or four but you know it the titans have done a good job by the third quarter setting themselves up to win and then marcus and company usually find a way to add a score and really shut it off so you know that all that stuff there's a good bit of luck you know the tipped pass from logan ryan to kevin byard you know if it goes too far or too short it's not an interception and that's a key play. So uh, some of that is luck, but you know, you've got to have the players to pick the ball off. It's not a coincidence that Kevin Byard has five in two games. So, I mean, you know, the Titans are getting the players thanks to John Robinson and as much as mad as I've been at him, uh, they're getting some really good play calls from Dick LeBeau and Rubisky's calling it up and getting them in the right position enough to win football games. You mentioned Dick LeBeau listens to the podcast. That's why we're big, big fan. (laughs) <laughs> you mentioned the success of Kevin Byard in the last couple of weeks. I want to talk for a little bit about the Titans defensive backs. We'll talk about the corners in a second, but let's stay on the topic of Kevin Byard. I was talking to you a little bit, Will, after the game, and we were trying to figure out who is an NFL comparison for Kevin Byard. And you had mentioned names like uh, Charles Woodson. But, I mean, Charles Woodson was like a six-one corner, and Kevin Byard's 5'11". I mean, I I thought he was going to be Tayshawn Gibson when he came into the NFL, just that kind of center field ball hawk that gets his hand on a lot of balls. But he's shown the ability to blitz. He's shown the ability to stop the run inside the box. And not to be Tayshawn Gibson, but be like an Earl Thomas kind of safety when you play center field. He's becoming like not just you know a, a quality NFL safety. He's becoming a rare, rare talent. Yeah, I mean, it, you... It's weird to see somebody who can play comfortably in the box, off the edge, at corner, at free safety, at strong safety. He does everything well, and he's talked about it in interviews. He said it's like being in the Matrix in his second year. Everything just goes by slower for him. I mean, and if that's how he feels, that's how it shows up on the field. I mean, he's just a rare player. You know, I wrote today that he was he's gone from combine snub to possibly all-pro uh, caliber in – a year and a half, you know, and part of that's because Dick LeBeau's taken him under his wing and has been coaching him and he calls him his son and, you know, all that, they have a really strong connection. And, uh, you know, 
I, I think Dick LeBeau may end up owing him, owing Kevin Byard about a year of his salary because he may get him the job next year where in the beginning of the season, it didn't look like he was going to have a lot of hope for that. So uh, now Kevin Byard is, is special, you know, guys, it, guys like Charles Woodson come to mind because I can see Kevin Byard line up at corner and play, you know, man coverage against Jimmy Graham as a safety and dominate Jimmy Graham. I mean, we, we saw that happen, you know, we can watch, him line up from inside the box and roll with a guy like good cover linebackers do and get an interception like he did against Joe Flacco and Benjamin Watson last week. So, you know, uh, he's, he's a rare guy and I I don't really know a comparison for him that really sticks out. But uh, I mean, I I just don't know how you can play safety much better than Byard's playing. Yeah. He's really a complete safety. It seems like at this point, Um, it kind of feels like he took, his rookie year just to learn the ropes of being in the box and not playing just like a center field role like he did in uh in college but uh yeah he looks fantastic right now and he looks like he's well on his way to a pro bowl season uh which is really good to see and um i feel like uh the interceptions were were always going to come um a lot of like i said before a lot of football is just randomness and luck uh and a lot of it just it'll regress to the mean over time uh and buyer didn't have any interceptions last year even though he was in good position most of the time uh and even earlier uh in the season he was always in good position uh the interceptions just weren't coming and now they're coming in bunches and um you're seeing just how good he really is so now let's move on and talk about the corners and i want to talk about both of the titans starting corners because, you know, after watching this game, first of all, I thought Logan Ryan had one of the best games that Titans Corner has had in a long time. He made a couple of really just smart veteran plays that Titans cornerbacks of old would not have made. So the Titans starters right now are Adoree Jackson and Ryan. Ryan, veteran corner, uh, kind of prototypical size for what teams like today in a cornerback. Not the fastest guy in the world, but he's very versatile. He can play nickel. He can play on the outside. He can match up with number one receivers. And then you have a Dory Jackson, the speed demon, who uh, you know had tons of pass deflections on Sunday and has yet to really get beat down the field like you often see rookies doing. This is the team last year that at one point was uh, was sending out uh, uh, Antoine slash Valentino Blake and Parrish Cox to be their cornerbacks. <laughs> And to, to the upgrade that the Titans have had is crazy. You don't have to have Deion Sanders or Patrick Peterson or Chris Harris Jr., those lockdown kind of cornerbacks, to have a successful defensive backfield. And I think the Titans have really shown that this year because they've really yet to get torched by any receiver other than maybe Will Fuller, who caught a couple of shorter touchdowns against them when they faced Houston. Yeah, they've both been fantastic. Uh and they've been huge uh, off-season additions. Um, Logan Ryan's play on Flacco's first interception was honestly, I think that's the best defensive play uh, from a cornerback I've seen from a Titans cornerback since maybe uh, Alteron Burner when he made that flying interception uh, off <laughs> Flacco, actually, uh, ironically. Um, but that was just such a smart play to peel off his uh, initial defender that he was covering, uh, read the ball in the air and just uh, pop it up into the air with his, I think it was like his helmet. He just got in there. Uh, so that was a really smart play. Um, and what you're seeing um, that these cornerbacks have brought to this team, um, I think Will tweeted this out earlier. Um, 
I think it was earlier today, uh, but I've been preaching it for a while that the Titans just are not giving up big plays, uh, and that's particularly true in the passing game. Um, last year in 2016, they were tied for the fifth worst in the NFL, surrendering 12 pass plays of 40 yards or more, and this year they've given up just one, uh, which is tied for the best in the NFL. So all the offseason additions that they've made in the secondary are really, uh, really gelling together well. Yeah, I mean... It- we we always talk about defensive backs need to have an impact. You can't just be there to erase a guy. You want turnovers. But we haven't seen guys like this before. I mean, Logan Ryan and Adoree Jackson both have seven uh, batted passes each, I think. They, they look good in tandem. Adoree Jackson has looked every bit the first-round corner. It's going to get overshadowed because Marshawn Lattimore has been great for the Saints. And we, we all knew he would be. He was a guy that – the Titans probably thought about picking in the first with their first pick and decided not to because of his injury. And that that's fine because they got a Dory Jackson who's done a really good job. But Logan Ryan really is kind of the story of this offseason because early, you know, we saw him give up that big touchdown pass to the Jets in preseason and everybody was so ready to call him a bust that even <laughs> when he had two or three good games in a row, people were still thinking he was a bust because that's what they'd already resigned him to be. And the only catch I can really remember him giving up uh, against Baltimore is this pass over the middle where he kind of fell and tripped over himself. And th- there was a tackle that got made I- anyway, so it wasn't like it it killed. You know, it was a third down conversion and it wasn't great. But, I mean, he's always in position where he needs to be. He can tip passes. Uh, he plays inside and out. I don't know which more you could want. I mean, I know people want – everybody to be Patrick Peterson, Dion, like we talked about earlier, guys who take the ball away. But if you can tip balls and stop drives, I don't care if I only see you twice a game. You know, you don't have to make those big interceptions. We've got a guy that can do that. So, you know, at this point, I don't know how you can be anything less than excited to the future of the defensive backs because next year the offseason is going to be focused specifically on defense and you're going to get more, more pass rushers, better cover guys, you know, I don't know if that means a new corner or a new safety. I don't, I don't know what the plan is there, but I I mean, this team is going solidly in the right direction. We don't have to worry about, you know, which guy we're going to rotate in this week. I wish Adore got a couple more chances, like on punt returns and kick returns, so we could like really see uh, the true impact that he could make. I mean, he's had a couple, couple chances on punt returns and kick returns, and he's had some long ones, but... I re- I just really want to see him house one one of these th- one of these games, but he hasn't really gotten the opportunity. No, and I mean it doesn't help that the Gunners, especially Lashawn Sims, has never really blocked one up correctly. I mean, mm-hmm. you watch him on the sideline and he just gets blazed. But you know, and I think it was what was it Bryce McCain on the fake punt that yes. they threw the ball. Yes. So your job as a Gunner most times is to jam the guy at the line of scrimmage, then back off and run with him. If you're doing that, it is really hard for them to get a pass completed like that. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it's going to take for Ty Smith to get more playing time on special teams and on and to rotate in. But with him having like one defensive snap uh, in the last four games and it was an interception against Jay Cutler – I mean, I'm not sure that it's not time to give him some reps and see how he does on special teams because, you know, we've got two good line or a good linebacker and a safety guy in Trowick and uh, Bates who can both play special teams really well as attacking guys who can come down. But if they had a really good person to block up one gunner, it would change 
the entire way this goes because a Dory could go that way and you wouldn't have to do all that stuff with Eric Weems as the up back on some punts and you could give him a chance to run because when he gets space, even if everybody takes an angle, he's still going to get 10 to 15 yards for you, which is amazing mm-hmm. for a punt or kick returner. I mean, it, it negate, you know, a 50 yard punt turns into a 35 yard punt. I mean, that's a huge swing in a game. So if, if they can just find a way to block those guys, whether they've got to put two on one or whatever they've got to do, something has to change there. If they really want a Dory to get going on special teams. Mm-hmm. So one of the topics we addressed last week was we tried to figure out what's wrong with the Titans running game. And I think I figured it out on Sunday. It's, it's been a couple weeks since I've gotten to watch the Titans in person. <laughs> and I figured it out. It's that DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry are both not very good at playing football right now. And, and you know what? That's okay. You do you. But uh, they're both very, very bad. DeMarco Murray is very clearly ailing in some regard. I don't know, on that long uh, swing pass that he caught for big gain, he slowed down at the end and walked out of bounds to avoid contact, and that's not the DeMarco Murray that I've grown to know and love. And Derrick Henry is either A, bouncing things outside, or B, falling forward for a one-yard gain a la Chris Johnson. So um, I, I don't know what to say. Like, what, what do you do if you're the Titans? Who do you go out and get? Do you go out and get um, Chris Johnson? I mean, he's a free agent. I mean, what do you do? Do you, do you bring up Kalfani Muhammad? I mean, this team is needs some juice in the running game. And I don't know that Kalfani Muhammad is necessarily that juice. I don't know that CJ2K is that juice. But they need some juice, and they need it bad. Maybe it's Fluella. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's flu, flu season, you know? Uh, but right. um, I... I wrote a I wrote an article today about DeMarco Murray um and just the amount of injuries that he's dealt with this season. Um a new one popped up uh after this game or during this game I guess. Uh it was a knee injury and now he's dealing with that. He's been dealing with a hamstring almost all season. Uh he had a shoulder injury for uh for a short amount of time and in the off season uh before training camp he had surgery on his uh right ring finger. So I mean, I can't, apparently age is catching up to him. He's always he's he's never he hasn't been injury prone as of late. But early in his career, he did he did struggle with injuries. Uh, and it's pretty clear that injuries are just getting I get maybe getting up in age uh, is limiting his effectiveness because he really just has not been good this season. I mean, he's averaging four point one yards a carry, which I mean isn't terrible. But if you take out that seventy five yard touchdown against. The Seahawks, I mean, I know it's ridiculous to take out a 75-yard touchdown, but bear with me here. Uh, his yards per carry would be 3.36, and that, that's just not going to get it done on a consistent basis. Um, and let's not act like Derrick Henry's the savior either. I mean, he's averaging 4.3 yards a, yards a carry, but if you take out that 72-yard garbage-time touchdown against the Colts, his yards per carry is 3.47. So, I mean— I want to put some of this uh, maybe on the run blocking because they haven't been great, but I mean the running backs just have to be better. There's there's no other thing to say, and I don't know how you kickstart it without about, let, just let, giving let Adoree the carries. The, the run blocking. The Jacksonville Jaguars are winning games with Blake Bortles throwing about 15 passes a game, and they're doing it without Leonard Fournette because he he's missed the last two games, so they've done it with the combo of T.J. Yeldon and Chris Ivory. Those guys are running with K-1 
Cam Robinson and an offensive line that in the preseason was starting Jeremiah Putasi. Titans running backs are running to Taylor Lewan and Jack Conklin and Quinton Spain and Ben Jones. Like, I, the run blocking is not that bad. I, I think that is an excuse that we're making for these running backs, to be completely honest. You might be right, and I can't really argue with it. So I think <laughs> it's David Fluellen time, man. Let's let's do it. Why did David I mean, Fluellen run in the forty? Because I, I've been saying they need some juice. Four two. No, he's slow, <laughs> isn't he? He had that big run in the preseason, but he got chased down from behind. He looked good in the preseason. I'll tell you that much. Let's see, David Fluellen. Well, uh, hold on. Let me get the forty going here. Oh my God, no. He ran a four seven two. No, did he really <laughs> pull back David Fluell? What Jalston Fowler run? Knew he had to run oh like a four God. six. Fowler's athletic, man. Knew he had to run a four six or lower. Bear Dude. with us. This is great radio. Uh, he ran a four eight six. So no, uh, he, he knew he ran four nine four at the combine. He ran a four eight six at his pro day. So when he was all juiced up, he got a four eight six. So uh, that's not super great. Um, so the answer is the Titans don't have any speed on their roster. Except, but that's okay. Is there, that's what third round I mean, draft picks are for. And when I say maybe bring up Kalfani Muhammad, I don't mean to run him between the tackles like they used to try to do with Dexter McCluster, yeah. Yeah. who, by the way, is also a free agent. Um, <laughs> just like throw him a screen throw him toss it to him do something to juice this running game up let's let's take a look okay. let's take a look at free agent running backs right now i mean we've been well, saying they need to draft like a quick receiving back but they, they I mean, and it doesn't have to be saquon barkley it can be you know uh well while y'all look at that uh i'll go ahead and uh and talk about something they could do so they run this diamond pack <laughs> that we saw which is uh two up backs that look like wings uh kind of pulled back a little far or like tight ends maybe um and a run a single back running back and a quarterback in the shotgun almost in a pistol or sometimes he can go under center um there's two reasons you run that you run that for max protect passes um which is what they did with the very first play of the game or you do uh you use it so that you almost have two fullbacks, offset fullbacks who can pull and cross the formation and open up those lanes, which they did later in the game with the Derrick Henry 10-yard run. So um, that's one way you can do it because you instantly give yourself uh, two different uh, ways you can run in a balanced formation and the threat of the deep pass off play action the Titans have already shown they can do. So that's not a bad way to start, especially if you have um, – Justin Fowler and Supernaw in the backfield who are two of the better blockers who can also catch and run a little bit so you have to worry about them in the short route uh, and then you can have a guy like Derrick Henry in the back who you know is a bigger running back and who if you say you're following this guy no matter what which is what they did on the 10 yard run if he knows that's what his job is and the hole's there he can get it and if he gets an open space he can do a lot more but we'll worry about that in the fourth quarter so that's something you can do formationally or stop going so tight with your wide receivers yeah. yes. that you bring everybody yes. in the box. There's a principle called spread to run. And what it is, <laughs> is you run five offensive linemen, a quarterback and a back, and everybody else is out wide. 
if they stop respecting the wide receivers, you throw it. Until then, you don't let them load up the box with eight guys because they can't because they can't cover Corey Davis and Rashard Matthews and Taewon Taylor and Delaney Walker. All those guys are hard to cover one-on-one, and Mariota can put the ball where it needs to go. So you spread everybody out, and you run, and you run some zone concepts. You run some tosses. You, you run something, but you can't just line up in the box mm-hmm. and run in between the tackles and then have – you know, ISO and bounce outs be your only plays where, you know, you're really it, trying it to It wasn't like that last year, it doesn't feel like. And if it was, it worked. I mean, but whatever's working out or whatever they're doing now is not working. And I don't know if it's because the running backs are hitting the wrong hole. I, I, don't, I don't know what the plan is, but it, it all looks So, So he, here are their options in free agency right now. You can add, like, right now. The, here are the best guys. C.J. Spiller, Carlos... Who's gotten cut five times by the same team this season. Carlos Williams, who I always liked but had personal problems. Yeah, what's wrong with him? Kenyon Barner. Uh, let's see. Ronnie Hillman. <laughs> Reggie You're Bush. You're not swaying. Terrible. Reggie Bush. Is he not retired? No. He oh, we have, can sign... He, uh, De- we can send Jonathan Williams off the practice squad from the Broncos. There you go. De- Dexter Boom. Dexter McCluster, who is still uh, not 30 years old yet. How has uh, Ken Wizard not, not snatched him up? I don't know. He cut him. Well, he didn't cut him. I was fixing yeah, but... to say, he didn't. And <laughs> two, two, three final options, all three of whom have played in the NFL. Uh, a couple Snake. in the AFC South. Antonio Andrews. Uh, Hell yeah. Denard Robinson. Oh my god. Or Dree Archer. Oh my god. Now, he's fast. I mean, yeah, say what it. you want, but he is actually fat. You know, if you wanted to run jet sweeps and stuff and for whatever reason didn't want to use Taewon Taylor to do it, even though he's really good at it, then that's a guy you could use. Maybe they should so, just put Eric Weems at running back and let him try. What is I, I mean I saw somebody today talk about what how dangerous it would look if you had Taewon Taylor uh, in the slot and or in the backfield lined up, and you also had a Dory Jackson, just to see how defenses <laughs> responded to it. And you could have would, those two and have them run. And I mean, I mean, you could run like a two back, like read option, pit, you know, like a triple option kind of thing, uh, or a read option pit, you know, whatever you wanted mm-hmm. with those two back there, and then you could shift them out and also have them you know, yeah. capable running routes, or you could have a Dory come in as the single back and you could have him go out in little flare routes. And, but, you know, there's a bunch of different options you could do with that look if you had a creative offensive coordinator, which is why we'll never see it. Um, so I, that's, uh, that's an, but. I just Googled Dree Archer, and uh, it, 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 on Google it says people also ask, and two of the questions are, what did Barry Sanders die from, and is Barry Sanders dead? So what? I just have to share that. They think, they think because he's only Archer, he's not even fifty yet, is he? No, no he's in great shape. He's playing under the fake, the fake name Dree Archer. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why those questions pop up. Is because he's that good. We need to play a game where we do that with like former Titans players and get the people yeah. also ask. Like, uh, give, give me a former Titan. We're really those bad one. Sad. I just looked up Kenny Britt, but nothing came up. Nick Harper. Wow, that's a 
That's a deep cut. Who is Nick <laughs> Harper? I, it doesn't come up with anything. I wish there was a way you could get to the people also ask without it. Just oh, yeah, it's, this game is not fun. <laughs> it's not going well. <laughs> um, let's talk about this for a second. So we joke about Brandon Whedon, but let's not forget that the Titans also have receiver Darius Jennings on their roster right now. Who is the what? who is the fifty third man on this roster? Is it Kevin Dodd? Is it Jennings? Is it Whedon? I was told Kevin Dodd was active this week. He, he played twelve confirm? snaps. How did he do? According to Mike Malarkey, he made some good plays or whatever. I don't know. His <laughs> effective uh, off the edge. Yeah. Even though he's like a defensive tackle now. God, not good, man. But who, who's who's guy fifty three? I think it's uh, probably Jennings. Are you sure he's on the active roster? Positive. He was listed as an NFL. No, it's Whedon. First of all, why is Whedon even on the roster <laughs> right now? We don't need him. Yeah, I the think, third quarterback I think, is always the 53rd man. He's not going to pop up and play some special teams. I think they just feel bad for bringing him all the way down just, here, and oh. they're going to give him a couple weeks of salary. Oh. I think they're just waiting until Harry Douglas comes comes back. You could be savages like the Texans, where you sign Matt McGloin and then you're like, nope, and sign Josh Johnson <laughs> just... instead. <laughs> I felt bad. I honestly felt bad. <laughs> Josh Johnson has not has done nothing. That's the guy that uh, uh, Joe Thomas said he had to introduce himself to in the huddle. He hasn't thrown a pass <laughs> since 2011. I saw that tweet today. <laughs> And Colin Kaepernick so has. Oh God! Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So uh, let's talk a little bit about our quarterback, Marcus Mariota. Uh, he he's looked very jittery at times this year. You know, he he was caught co- him. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe they need to cut him inside Kaepernick. That's a that. It's an option. I think that's we'll, it. We'll discuss that, that more next week, uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, <laughs> but in all in all seriousness, though, Marcus has not really played up to the level that he did last year, and I'm not going to be one of these people that's like, you know, he's the next Eli Manning or whatever. I think Marcus is a good quarterback, and I think he still has a lot of potential. Uh, but he hasn't really looked all that great this year. He has not looked terrible. I mean, I learned that the week that I had to watch Matt Castle play. But uh, he hasn't looked very good. You know what's crazy? Uh, We kind of saw with Cam Newton, some quarterbacks, I feel just they play better when the talent level around them isn't uh, like so high. Uh, And I don't know if we're seeing that with Mariota where he got all these new weapons and he's not playing as well as he as he did last year with a lesser supporting cast. Um, Cam Newton in his MVP season, he was throwing a like philly brown and uh ted Ginn jr who couldn't catch uh and he put up 35 touchdowns and 10 interceptions and now that he had the best uh uh roster of his career especially on on offense he he hasn't looked good at all this season so i don't know if that has something to do with it or if maybe it's the hamstring that's he's just not trusting um his base when he's throwing i mean the interception this week was was pretty bad but i thought other than that he really didn't he he didn't play bat poorly at least uh, aside from maybe the two sacks that he took uh, I d- didn't love those um, but I mean yeah you're right he really hasn't been as good 
this year as he was last year. Um, I'm not sure what it is. Maybe he's not trusting his eyes as much. Um, and his, his, the pick against the Jaguars also wasn't very good. So I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what he's seeing out there. Uh, it can't be in his head. But I he he's been fine, and I think he'll rebound towards the end of the season. Uh, I don't know, man. Mark's pretty good to me. Um, <laughs> so like you, you have plays like the one where he threw the interception, and that sucks. It, it I don't know what happened there. But you also have plays where he rolls to his right, and Johnu Smith is supposed to come open over the middle, and he gets jammed up at the line, and then he rolls back away from protection and throws a touchdown pass to Eric Decker, who broke off late, which is not something that just every quarterback can do. Also, you have that play early in the game where there's a read option kind of look. And the Ravens cover it well, and he like stiff arms a guy or like hurdle, half hurdles him, and then runs to the edge and gets eight when he should have, you know, lost five. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I think uh, it's more of an issue with play calling. Like, maybe the guy who's calling tight end jet sweeps on the one yard line uh, is not not necessarily, and who loves the tight end screen is not necessarily, you know, the brightest bulb. But uh, also, uh, I think yesterday he was eight of eight on play action passes uh, for something like 100 yards and a touchdown. And my question is, if he's eight of eight with a touchdown and a bunch of yards, why didn't he 12 of 12? I mean, why are you only throwing that way eight times in an offense where you're almost always under center or you can almost always be under center at faking the handoff? You know, if it's that effective for you, don't pick and choose with it. You know, make them stop it. Make them have one, make them force one incompletion against, you know, against it before, you know, you take it away. I mean, if I'm malarkey, I don't know why, or I guess Rubisky, I don't know why you don't just run play action every pass and then run it half the time too. I mean, what are they going to do? Just start guessing and picking and choosing? I mean, if you say you're going to have to pay special attention to Marcus and uh, Delaney Walker, especially in those play action passes, then Henry or Murray better be getting yards. And if they're not getting yards, then find somebody who can. You know, if you're that good on play action, uh, I mean, there's no reason why you should go away from it. I mean, I remember Peyton Manning running a ton of play action. I mean, they used to do specials on him every single weekend where it was like, look at how well he fakes this handoff. Look at how well he – Mariota can fake it almost as well when he actually wants to put the ball all the way in the stomach and then pull it out. And, the, I mean, there's a reason why Delaney Walker gets these huge 25-yard catches is because these linebackers freeze because it's a really good read. I mean, it's hard to read that. So why not take advantage of that more? So – I guess my thing is, is you know, he threw a really good touchdown pass to Rashard Matthews. He made he made something out of nothing, getting uh, the touchdown pass to Eric Decker, who, you know, has not necessarily had the best last few games. And I mean, he got Corey Davis the ball on a um, a toe tapper on the outside, which was really good. Uh, and then he had a pass dropped by Rashard Matthews that should have been a first down, and he hit him right in the hands, and he dropped on the sideline. Rashard Matthews never drops a pass. But, you know, when when it mattered most, he went all the way up the field in the fourth quarter for a touchdown to really seal the game. So, I don't know. May, maybe I'm just glass half full. I, on, I will um, say that that like, throw he made to Rashard Matthews in traffic, the one that was actually caught, that's one of the best throws I've seen in a long time, period. Yeah, and I think uh, I think I think the narrative would be a lot different if we just converted some of these some of these drives uh, that end up in field goals into passing touchdowns, which 
Uh, I mean, as much as you want to think that it's never going to happen, uh, football is a game where regression happens uh, and touchdown regression happens. So a lot of these drives that are ending up in field goals are going to end up touchdowns by the end of the season. Uh, and you're going to see it over the next coming weeks. And odds are they're going to be passing touchdowns because our running game is not very good right now. So, I I mean, let's say uh, four of those drives end in passing touchdowns other than field goals he'd have 10 touchdowns five interceptions no one would would be complaining at all right now so take that everyone (laughs) yeah and it's coming (laughs) i mean obviously at the beginning of the year all these people who were saying you know man if Mariota played for an offensive coordinator that would spread it out instead of trying to run the ball all this and that and then you think well you know that's not really who the titans are they're not a spread it out and and play from the gun kind of team they're built to run the ball and and go play action off of that, and then have a very good two-minute offense. At this point, considering how bad the running game has been, going from one of the best in the NFL to one of the least effective, I'm not so sure that running a modified spread offense in a way wouldn't be the best alternative. Yeah, uh, no, I agree. Uh, I actually think if we spread it out and went like three wide or maybe four wide and just like ran a lot of uh, read option or run pass options, we would be absolutely unstoppable. My, my only thing but, about that, though, is that was exactly what DeMarco Murray's demise was in Philadelphia, was that kind of offense. Right, but DeMarco Murray's yeah, in Washington. Yeah, but you can't so. hold... I'm kidding. Yeah, you can't, you, you can't hold the uh, quarterback hostage because the running back can't do it. Like, yeah. if, you can, if you can pick an offense to base around the quarterback or running back, you've got to pick it around the quarterback, especially one like Marcus. So, I mean... I'd like to see more pistol looks. You know, that offset back stuff is trash a lot of times. Um, there's no reason why you can't do a lot of those looks out of pistol. It's just easier for bad quarterbacks to stare at the defense while they do it instead of turn and stare at the ones that matter. Um, but Marcus is smart enough where he can do that out of pistol, those read option looks and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, now that Corey Davis is healthy, Corey Davis is the guy that makes all this go. I mean, if he's not healthy, you got you really only have two wide receivers that need to see the field consistently anyway. And if he's healthy, now you have three guys who need to see the uh, the field healthy. And then if they're drawing the attention they need, then Walker should be open. And if he's if none of those guys are open, then either Mariota's got space to run or Murray's a great dump off option. I mean, that, that's just the way the numbers would work out. So if you can find a way to say. These are my best 11 players. How do I get them out on the field and get them in space? Then you're, you're going to have a good team with this personnel. If you're dedicated to some scheme and, you know, after your 15 scripted plays, if you just kind of say, okay, let's go conservative and let's just try to run the ball and, you know, we'll pass when we have to. If you do that, then, you know, you're going to be in trouble. So, uh, I mean, when the Titans are aggressive, they're usually pretty good. It's just they're usually not very aggressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we will be back later in the week to preview the Titans' upcoming snooze fest against the Cincinnati Bengals, who went from being an AFC powerhouse to being the AFC's laughingstock in just a few short years. Uh, until then, thank you for listening. For Matthias Wadner, Will Lomas, I'm Luke Worsham. The Titans are 6-3 and you should be happy about that. We will talk to you next time.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 